whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. So I saw a, a Taipei peanut brittle match where, if you go back to the old like, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, there's the one where they dip their hands in resin and they dip their hands in glass. Uh, but instead of glass, they used peanut brittle. And guys fought with peanut brittle taped to their fists. It's still real to me, damn it! Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Touch Show, episode number 575 for February 18th, 2021. This is your WWE NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day recap and review and WWE Elimination Chamber preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin, Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? Uh, right now, not a whole lot. Just uh, as you and I were discussing off air, surviving the uh, weird Alabama snow. Um, and right now, watching uh, Sammy harass my lovely wife as she's going to the bathroom. Ooh, wow. He is such a heel, huh? Yeah. Like, he, he's so fat. Like, anybody goes to the bathroom, he has to kind of follow you in there and make random conversation, uh, despite the fact that he does not speak any English other than the word no. So do you think that's a potential podcast in the future, Potty Talk with Sammy? Uh, I, I mean, uh, it, it's working for the New Day. The New okay. Day is a version of that on their podcast called Potty Talk. But uh, I'm sure at some point Sammy will just start busting out and you know just tell all the dirty secrets that we've been harboring for the last couple of years. Do you think that like once he'll like uh, eventually reveal that he can speak English like um, Stewie from Family Guy? I, I'm pretty sure like uh, we know he can talk. We know he can say stuff because we'll, we'll hear him mumbling. And it's like, but then when he talks with adults, he just completely babbles. I think it's just a, all a, a just, you know a ruse, a swerve to kind of keep us on our toes. But I think he knows everything. Now, which, which animal do you think he talks to? If it, if there was an animal that he communicates with? Oh, he talks to the dog. 
Like, okay. he'll walk up to the dog, pet the dog, and just start babbling the dog. The dog looks at him, and they just kind of go off together. And I'm like, oh, right. It, it really is kind of Stewie and Brian if Brian was a bulldog that just was a complete idiot. Uh, I think all of our listeners want to know uh, the status on, on the pig. Is the pig <laughs> still around? So we actually, so we uh, had six piglets a few months back. Actually, about what three months back. Um, so the mother pig we've actually sold off and found her, got her rehomed, uh, and kept two of the baby pigs, and then adopted a male pig from outside their family tree. Because Lord knows there's enough stereotypes in Alabama. I don't need inbred pigs. Mm, good point. Well said. I, yeah. yeah, that may be on a show at some point. Something like on TLC. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was that wrestling promo you did with? Was it was it with the pigs in the background that had that moment where you like broke character? We actually had a goat and a that, pig. That's what it was. Yeah, and the and the goat had this fascination with trying to uh, force himself upon the pig, and that's where the whole thing kind of broke down in the middle of the promo. Uh, one of my favorite things you've done. One of my favorite things you've done because I don't know how you kept character, but you did the best you could in that one. Absolutely. So. That's what you do in wrestling. You, you, you adapt and survive. Adapt and survive. That's what we're doing right now, both in the our next of the wood, Dr. Trey and I, with the weather. That's what WWE NXT did this past weekend with Vengeance Day and what WWE will attempt to do at Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Let's get into it. NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day recap and review. We'll kick it off here with uh, the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. I had Dakota Kai and Raquel. Dr. Trey had Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Dakota Kai and Raquel got the victory. Really good opener and a great tag match. Uh, the pairing of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai reminds me so much of HBK Diesel-like partnership, which WWE has tried to recreate several hundred times over the years. Uh, I'm intrigued to see an eventual Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Raquel Gonzalez Dakota Kai match. We saw, obviously, the teaser on Wednesday's NXT television. Uh, I actually would not be surprised if Raquel and Kai won either and became the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. I really enjoyed this match, Dr. Trey. If it wasn't for another match, I I actually was going to name this my match of the night. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez get the win and become the first ever Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Final Champions. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. And as I was watching, I was kind of thinking along the lines you were where originally I had, you know, I had Ember and Shotzi win this match because of the whole baby face heel. But then when you look at it, you're like, it would make a lot of sense because, you know, you go back to past storylines and they reference it on NXT this week with the history of Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler. And then, you know, the size of Nia and the power of, of Raquel, like it, it makes a really compelling matchup not just on paper because of how good these four women are in their roles, but because of the past history as well. So I, I really enjoyed the match. I, I thought it was really well done. Um, the the pounce that Raquel threw on Ember to knock her off the ramp into the sideboards, I thought that was really cool. We haven't seen that done yet, really. So uh, really, really well done match. And it was uh, early on my, my match of the night, too, until we got later, later in the show. All right, next match here was for the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano defeating Kushida. Dr. Trey and I both had Johnny Gargano winning the match, and he retained. Uh, it was basically everything you would expect from a Gargano-Kushida match. I was very happy to see Kushida in this spot, as I felt like it was a finally another breakthrough performance in NXT for him. Uh, I would love to see these two great battle out again, as I love the story that they told throughout the entire match, with Kushida focusing on Gargano's arm and Gargano focusing on Kushida's neck. 
It's it's I, I hate to use a phrase. It's everything that you would expect it to be, Doctor Trey. But it was with Gargano and Kushida. Great match here on NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Yeah, and it's one of those matches that on paper and and they reference on the show about it being a dream matchup for a lot of the you know independent wrestling fans. Um, that it was the high, like in your mind, you're like this is going to be a fantastic match, and it was a fantastic match. But you're almost let down by it because it met your expectation. But you're almost let down because it didn't blow you away. It's a, it's it's almost a conundrum you fall into. Like this match should be fantastic, and it's fantastic. And you're like, oh, I hope they would have done more. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's just a weird mix. But it was it was a great match, and I mean the beginning sequence, the technical skills, the way they put the story together with your one guy working the arm. Now he's, he can't use his left arm, so he's got to throw right handed stuff. Like I just thought it was really good storytelling. It was. It was very old school storytelling with a little bit of the new school flavor to it. So I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, next match here was MSK, Wesley, and Nash Carter taking on Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake, and Zach Gibson. In the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, I had GYV, Dr. Trey, and MSK. And MSK got the victory and became the 2021 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Men's Champions. Uh, the often great men's NXT Tag Team Division may be back after this match. This match reminded me of such... Of so much of the golden days of the men's NXT tag team division with the revival, American Alpha and DIY. It was a fun tag team match that put both MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans on the map with the NXT audience, in my opinion. And we knew what both teams could do from their time previous to NXT, and they showed that on Sunday night. Another really good match. MSK getting the victory of Dr. Train becoming the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic champions. Uh, they debut in this tournament and walk out as champions. What a start for the former Rascals. Yeah, uh, and you know these are two guys that I've met years ago at Rockstar Pro up in Dayton, Ohio, when they were first kind of breaking in, getting their, getting their feet wet. So I was super excited for them. Um, although I will say this, I, I love those guys, but God knows I hate their WWE names. It's just the worst. Uh, but... You know, it was just a great match, and and once again, it was kind of that old, like we mentioned, like the glory days of the NXT Tag Team Division, where you know Grizzly Young Vets, very reminiscent of the revival, and then you got MSK, more the high flying tag team, and you know Styles make matches, and this was just another example of it, uh, of how these two teams came together and put together a really great thing, and I just love seeing these, you know, seeing MSK come in and kind of get pushed really quickly because these guys are phenomenal talents and could be one of those great tag teams that we talk about you know five ten years from now and how they've redefined the tag team division much like the you know the young bucks have done uh the previous 10 years so it's gonna be really interesting to see how far wwe lets these guys run especially with you know kind of like the uh underlying gimmick of being pot smokers so it's gonna be kind of cool to see where this goes dr trey is wwe doing more with msk than impact wrestling did with the rascals right now Eh, i mean maybe i don't know about more i mean not like you win the tournament, that's great, but you know, until you actually get some gold around your waist and, and you're the face of the division, um, I, I don't know if Impact ever knew what they really had with the Rascals. I mean, you and I watched it for the last, you know, better part of a year, and they were one of the most entertaining things on Impact Television, uh, not just in the ring but out of the ring. Uh, it's going to be interesting how much they let these guys flourish uh, going forward, but. I think they're showing that they have more faith in them to carry a division, perhaps maybe than impact. But I mean, they were featured every single week on impact, whether it's in the ring or in the treehouse. That's true. From an entertainment standpoint, I always felt like impact wrestling did um, them well 
right, that they were represented well. I always felt, though, from a match perspective that the Rascals should have been at some point Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. And that's where I felt like it, it, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like WWE is known as the entertainment uh, you know, wrestling organization and impact wrestling is a, a little bit more wrestling and it's the complete opposite. Like I remember I come to find out they were on their way out of the company, but it was like before bound for glory, they wrestled, I think triple XL uh, on the, uh, on the pre-show and they lost in like three minutes. And I remember breaking down the match being like, why are they doing this to the talented rascals? Obviously they left two months later, but that's, that's probably where uh, I'm coming from is I felt like, NXT has given them a good run from a in-ring standpoint. Impact Wrestling gave them a better run from the entertainment standpoint. But these guys are extremely talented, and they should be pushed uh, to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say. Which sidebar? We I'll play the song at the end of the show. Your thoughts on the on the latest changes to the Cameron Grimes character, being that he invested in GameStop. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, lo- I, I mean, obviously, like I'm, you and I both are huge Cameron Grimes fan. I love it because I mean, it's one of the things we always hear about, like you know, the 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 the, the poor Southerner who hits the lottery and then blows all their money. I mean, it, it's it's a very compelling character to play with, and I think he's handling it very well. I mean, it's almost like white trash million dollar man. It's just it's it's a beautiful thing to watch so far, and it's not. And the bad thing is, I don't know if I'm happy about it because I I wanted to see the other version. You know, the original version of Cameron Grimes progress a little farther and see where that would go. And it's kind of like, well, hey, with this, it's Rand's course. Let's, let's, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, maybe it's, you know, maybe they're just saying, hey, let's see what else you can do. And, and if we, you know, you know, gimmick wise, character wise, see what your range is. But I think he's handling it really well. And, and it's, it's, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It's good stuff there from Cameron Grimes, as always. Uh, <laughs> next match here is the triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai. Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, I had EO, Dr. Trey, and Mercedes Martinez, and EO Shirai did retain the NXT Women's Championship on Sunday. Uh, the match felt like they were short on time given to them, which was uh, confirmed by Triple H in the post-scrum media call. Uh, high expectations, it felt like a fast match with a couple strange spots, the announce table randomly breaking on its own, and Mercedes Martinez telling Tony Storm to move after a fisherman's buster to the outside so EO could do a missed moonsault. Match just felt off. It was too fast. Match was listed as going 12 minutes and 13 seconds. Triple H said they had 20 minutes. So somehow the timing fell off on this match because they missed it by eight minutes. But uh, it didn't live up to the expectation, and it seems like there were some snafus throughout this one as Io Shirai retains the NXT Women's Championship, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I mean, everything you said was spot on. Um, If I'm I'm a carpenter right now, I'm reaching out to WWE to uh, work on getting the tables correct now because we'll see in one match where the table is supposed to break and it doesn't and then you have this match where the table you know breaks without anything really happening to it it's like guys seriously it's like carpet skills are lacking um but yeah it, just, it kind of felt rushed it kind of felt all over the place sometimes we get great triple threat matches and sometimes we get ones like this where it just kind of feels all out of sorts uh, i do want to ask you though how do you feel about triple h actually commenting after the show and letting people know how long the match was supposed to go. I think because it was so um, easy to, to know that something felt off there. Like it just, it just felt like, like I, I'm glad he confirmed it because to me, it, it, it kind of saved three very, very talented female wrestlers, uh, an opportunity to save face a little bit because it was like, wow, that's but that's what they put together. I mean, these three are amazing top of top tier talent. In, in women's wrestling today, 
and it felt off. I, I like that he did it. I thought it, I thought it gave them a little bit of a blanket, and uh, you know, and I, I, I like when there's honesty in wrestling. What's the thing that everybody likes about AEW? They're honest for the most part with their fans. I, I like when WWE is honest with us and not treating us like we're stupid. I mean, it just felt like that was, especially for the rest of the show, like that one was just completely off, and, and it, the 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 match I least expected to run the shortest. So I liked yeah, it. I, I think I'm kind of torn sometimes when we get too much honesty at times. I'm like, I still want my disbelief suspended, but you know, don't treat me like I'm stupid. It's like it's trying to find that perfect little line because, you know, in, in the circles that we run in when it comes to wrestling, like we you know we appreciate the honesty, but then there are still a lot of those fans out there who are like, man, you know what? I really hate that uh, Mercedes Martinez because she's just a mean person. Like you. It's trying to find that weird balance in between the, the fans that, you know, still real to them, and then the fans like us who kind of know, you know, the the, the gimmick, the icky, the, the behind the kayfabe, whatever you want to call it. It's just trying to find that weird balance. And so sometimes I'm like, just let, let me assume they ran short on time and we had to, and you guys had to knee jerk it a little bit instead of just blatantly coming out and telling me. It's, just, it's, a, it's a weird gray area. I just didn't know where, which side of the fence you fell on. And then finally, the main event here, Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship against Pete Dunne. Uh, a dream match for European fans, a dream match for me. Uh, these are two of the best in the business today, in my opinion. Uh, we both had Finn Balor getting the victory, and Finn Balor did retain the NXT Championship on Sunday. Good match of what you would expect from Balor done as a technical European chain match working on specific body parts showcase that only stayed inside the ring the entire time. Go back, rewatch the match. They stayed in the ring and really just stayed into this like little circle that they created the entire time, and it was pretty amazing to watch. I was very happy to see Pete Dunne get the opportunity after being the face of NXT for so long. Love that Balor sold the finger damage but not doing his normal gun pose that we're accustomed to. Uh, NXT TakeOvers also went back to their old trick with the end graphic moment as Adam Cole superkicks both Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly with Roderick Strong torn to close the show. We'll talk about that here momentarily. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, the latest with the Undisputed Air. But Finn Balor, Pete Dunne, is probably on the very early six weeks into 2021 list of matches of the year candidates. What a showcase, Dr. Trey, by Finn Balor and Pete Dunne this past Sunday. Yeah, this is one of those ones where when we talk about the new school wrestling, you know, we talk about there's a lot of the old guys who are like, oh, they don't sell, they go too fast, they don't do this, they don't do that. I, I want the old days. This is the kind of match I want to show them, where it's like, hey, you can go fast, you can still make your moves count, you can still get your you know big dramatic moments in, the guys can bump as much as they want to, but this is that perfect little blend of those two styles coming together. I thought it was a brilliantly done match. Um, like you said, you know, early on, early in the year, I mean, this is one of those matches you and I are going to come back to in December and be like, match of the year, the first one on the list is going to be Balor and Dunn. Um, and it's almost unfair that Pete Dunn gets in this category almost every single year, but just a really great showcase for those guys. A fantastic match and one that, you know, if anybody's talking about breaking into wrestling or wants a video or matches to watch, go watch this one, especially for young talent, because this is how you can put your athleticism and your storytelling and telling and blend it all together perfectly. All right, let's go through here. NXT take over Vengeance Day predictions record. I went four and one. Dr. Trey went three and two. 2021 pay-per-view predictions record. I'm sitting at 15 and four. Doctor Trey 12 and seven. Uh, my match of the night. I gave it to Finn Balor, Pete Dunn. What say you, Doctor Trey? Yeah, Balor and Dunn. I mean, it's. It, I mean, as much as I love that first match of the tag match, 
it's still Balor and Dunn was almost on a different level. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic match. I actually watched it twice, which is uh, a rarity nowadays. But when I watched it the first time, saw a lot of the comments, and I was like, you know what? Let me rewatch this again because a lot of people are pointing out some amazing things. Well worth the price of admission. Uh, event rating, I gave it a 4.0 even out of 5. Extremely enjoyable takeover. Uh, Dr. Trey, what say you? Yeah, I was at a 4.0 also. Like, and it sucks because that the triple threat match maybe brought it down. It, it might have been a 4.2, 4.3, if not for the, the triple threat match running a little bit short and being kind of clunky. That's true. I mean, could you imagine if uh, that triple threat match, uh, I don't want to use the word delivered, but like you said, I think you put it the perfect way. If they if they had the time allotted and, and did what we thought they were going to do, this could be a very early candidate for the entire show of the year because Vengeance Day had at least four out of five matches were main event level matches. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it here. So the big news, Dr. Trey, was uh, Adam Cole super kicking uh, not only Finn Balor, but Kyle O'Reilly, his his brother, his, his cohort in the Undisputed Era. Uh, that carried over on Wednesday's NXT television. Even though Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong tagged along with Finn Balor, Adam Cole comes out. Uh, brain busters, Kyle O'Reilly on the steel steps, which then they did a stretcher spot, which made people think he was actually legitimately injured to the point where there was discussion about his diabetes. I, I don't know. Oh, I thought that was a bit strange. But anyway, uh, we're really sold that WWE to come out and be like, nope, this is still part of the storyline, just to save face a little bit here. But uh, you go back like three months ago. Uh, we were sitting here coming out of War Games, and I said, is the Undisputed Era better than D-Generation X or on the same level as D-Generation X? Because Triple H said that in a media call. And we were talking like this is – we're getting those vibes that we got with the Shield towards the end where they were doing a babyface run. And now you're like, man, I can really appreciate these guys and what they're doing right now and what they've done as a stable for so long. And then, of course, WWE, and we joked around, like, this is probably going to lead to a breakup, and it potentially has. We fully don't know where Adam Cole is coming from right now. It certainly appears like he has his eyes set on the NXT Championship, which is why he's taking out Kyle O'Reilly. I'm sure we'll get more into that during the the next couple weeks here. There's a foregone conclusion that at some point this was going to happen, Dr. Trey, but then again, um, we did not want to see this happen. you know, it was a classic route, but it's always bound to happen. So I ask you this. I, at least that's how I feel. Was now the time to break up the Undisputed Era and WWE NXT after they've been running strong for nearly four years? Uh, yeah, because I, I think it makes the right about, about sense because we've seen the Kyle O'Reilly push where he's main event level as a singles wrestler. Uh, you already have Adam Cole, who's been the leader of the group for that, for that amount of time. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It, it, it makes for compelling storytelling because now you get to factor in, you know, where does Roderick Strong's allegiance lies? How does this play into the stuff with Finn Balor? Does Finn Balor align itself with the Undisputed Era? And, you know, does where does Adam Cole go? Because you see Pat McAfee still tweeting about, yep, see, I told you guys what a scumbag Adam Cole was. Well, does Adam Cole end up with Pete Dunne and Oni and Danny? Like, how does this whole thing play out? So it makes compelling television. And, once again, the one thing we talked about you know, a couple months ago when we brought this whole thing up is if you break them up, the best part is when you bring them back together a couple of years later because you get all those great nostalgia vibes uh, and you can get another great run out of them for like another year or two that way. That's what we did with DX. You know, I can't even count how many times DX broke up and got back together. So 
Uh, it's worked in that way. Uh, and this is a very similar breakup to when Triple H joined the corporation and left DX. And you had X-Pac, Road Dog, and Billy out running around trying to carry the DX name without Hunter. Uh, it's kind of a similar thing now you can do with Cole and, and the rest of the group because you know they can still claim the Undisputed Era. And Adam Cole's like, no, it's mine because I'm the one that founded it. So it's, it's really good television going forward with this. Dr. Trey, you remember over the summer, heading into the summer, one of the things that was all over the dirt sheets was, uh, is Adam Cole going to stay in WWE? The belief was that his contract was coming up. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker on, I think, an AEW Unrestricted podcast said that, you know, if it was a perfect world, he'll be there, you know, soon. Also alluding to his contract coming up in September time. And he was kind of shelved off of television for a little bit. He's feuding with Pat McAfee, all this stuff. And no longer champion like he was in NXT. And there was a feeling of, well, is he going to be going to the main roster at some point? Is he leaving for AEW? What's going on here? Nobody really knew what was going on. And he's still been with NXT this entire time, still under the WWE umbrella. Conspiracy theorists, do you think that what happened on Sunday is either potentially leading towards uh, a departure at some point from NXT and Undisputed Era goes off on their own? Or is this all part of storylines to keep him as a heel and have him feud with Kyle O'Reilly moving forward? I mean, to me, it just kind of confirms that, like, well, see, Sammy's upset about Adam Cole turning. Uh, but to me, it kind of confirms that he's staying because this is compelling storytelling. So you wouldn't want to got to leave if you're writing an entire angle about him. Uh, you know, you go back to like when John Moxley left the company, like he, you know, the, his storylines kind of devolved and there was nothing left. I think that's kind of what happened over the summer, which was, hey, let's not invest a whole lot in a call if he's leaving uh, until he resigns. And if he resigns, then we can give him another big push. So, yep. Is so is is Sammy on board with the undisputed era breaking up? I think he's. Uh, I think he's upset because I think he's a big Undisputed Era fan, but he loves Adam Cole. So I think it's it's one of those things where he's a little bit hurt that the group's breaking up, but he's excited that Adam Cole's getting a chance to kind of maybe shine on his own for a little bit. Does he does he have an Adam Cole doll? Uh, no, that's actually one of the ones he does not have yet, because I haven't found I haven't found a good Adam Cole one yet. Right. There aren't a whole lot of NXT guys on, on the uh, on the toy market. He is very upset about what happened yeah. on Wednesday night. It broke his heart. He was he was sad. He he was trying to figure out how to do the. Hand. It is not hard. I mean, it's pretty hard for a two year old to do the undisputed hand gesture. Um, he's been working on it, and then the you know the group breaks up. It's like well, all this work went into nothing for him. Can I ask the question? Has Sammy lost his smile? Uh, no, because he, he's about to start butt bumping, taking bumps on the bed. So I think that's the whole point. He wanted to get up here to dance and then jump and land on his butt. So uh, <laughs> the the re- the years of watching wrestling since he was in the womb. Uh, yep, there he goes. Uh, that's what pays off. He just wants to get on the bed so he can jump and fall like Adam Cole. All right, he's bumping. He's bumping during the show. That's what we like to say. Uh, big news coming out of here in regards to Impact Wrestling and AEW as uh, there is a New Japan partnership with both companies now, as we saw it with Kenta. Uh, most recently on AEW Dynamite, Finjuice was on um, Impact Wrestling. They'll be performing at No Surrender. Oh, excuse me, but now it's at No Surrender that Finjuice was there. Looks like they're going to be feuding with the Good Brothers here coming up soon. 
Uh, but there's also a big name. This comes to us from Wrestling Inc. and Wrestler Reserver Radio. At the end of Impact Wrestling's No Surrender event, the team of Juice Robinson and David Finley Jr., a.k.a. Finjuice, were announced to appear on Impact Wrestling this Tuesday. Finley has appeared on a New Japan Strong episodes, and Robinson is coming off a fractured orbital bone injury. On the latest episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer confirmed that former IWGP heavyweight champion Kazuchika Okada will be part of New Japan Pro Wrestling's new partnerships with Impact Wrestling and AEW. Meltzer noted that he does not know where Okada will appear, but he is slated that he is coming. Dr. Trey, that is pretty massive news, because if there's anybody in New Japan, probably outside of Kota Bushi, Tetsuya Naito, I put Okada on my list that I want to see on my television when I watch AW Dynamite Impact Wrestling uh, on Tuesdays. Your thoughts here about Okada potentially making his way to AW Impact Wrestling soon? Yeah, I don't want to say I called my shot, but when this whole thing first started, I said, how cool would it be to see Okada pop up in AEW or on Impact? Like, that would be the get. I mean, that to me, you know, we mentioned Ibushi, we mentioned, you know, Naito, but Okada's kind of the reigning goat uh, of New Japan. So if you can get Okada to show up, on one of these shows, I mean, the internet's going to blow up. I mean, if Okada comes out and challenges Cody, or if Okada comes out and gets in Moxley's face, or whatever it is, it's going to make big news. And this is a guy that, you know, it reminds me of, you know, the the, the great baseball players in Japan who, you know, want to test their medal against the United States. You know, whether it's uh, Tanaka or, you know, can't think of anything that uh, Hideki Arabu for uh, Jeff Peck because uh, Hideki Matsui. How about that? Hideki Matsui. Oh man, Arabu R O P R I P. So I know. And then uh, oh, as a cup fan, Kosuke Fukudome. You know um, <laughs> who I have a jersey of because of the last name. It's a great last name. But you get those talents that want to take that trip over the states and kind of see like let's see how this whole thing plays out. Whether it's you know with with Okada coming to AEW or Impact, or whether it was Nakamura making the jump, EO, you know Oscar, it is that kind of thing. Like they want to gather comfort levels and try out what it's like to wrestle on American soil in front of American crowd. Because at the end of the day, this is the country that consumes the most wrestling, you know, overall. So it's a chance to really break out and be an even bigger star than you are in Japan. What do you do with Okada if he comes to Impact Wrestling, I and mean, what do you do with Okada when he goes to AEW? Well, how would you book it? Uh, I would have, if it's Okada, I'd have him come in with Tony Khan and have him immediately go into feuding with Omega. I mean, if we can get Okada and, and, and Omega on American soil with, you know, TNT behind it, and you got Tony Khan feuding with Callis on, on both, on both brands, like that's the way that you have put together where Okada might be a heel on impact or, you know, something like that. It's just, it's to me, that's the, that's the match that we have taught that that series of matches, maybe the best trio of matches in Steamboat Flair. And if you can now get that on American Eyes of Behold It, that to me is a great move for everybody involved. I really like that idea. I think that makes sense, given everything that we've seen on uh, Impact Wrestling's paid announcements from AEW. I think that would make a lot of sense that, you know, if Moxley can't get it done in AEW Revolution, uh, let's bring. I'm going to bring an Okada to, to take down Kenny Omega. So, okay. yeah, I mean, Okada coming here is, is a big, very big deal. I think Okada is maybe the best wrestler on the planet right now. Uh, no disrespect to Kenny Omega. I think Omega is, is obviously there as well. But that's a game changer, and that's going to bring some eyes, theoretically, to AEW Dynamite moving forward as well. Uh, and speaking of AEW Dynamite, Dr. it was announced on at the close of this past Wednesday's Dynamite, 
Uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley will be a barbed wire explosive match at AEW Revolution. Uh, do you like that AEW continues to go down this hardcore violence route when it comes to some of their main event level pay per view matches? I mean, you you have to up the ante at times and, and try. I mean, when was the last time we had a barbed wire exploding death match? And yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's because people were talking about how uh, you know Terry Funk being ill. If somebody's like, hey, we can go back and do like one of those Funk Cactus Jack matches and see how that works out. And I mean, it, it's it's an interesting take on it. I've, I've never seen one in the states, um, so it'll be. Uh, to check this thing out because I have no idea what that even means. Really, I don't. You have no idea what means. Like the so it's a barbed wire bat explode. I, I like. I don't really know how those. Does the bat explode? Does the ring explode? Did you ever see the... I mean, they used to run it all the time with, like, uh, Mick Foley stuff there in the 90s. Like, his match at FMW against Terry Funk, where they... Where he lost part of his ear? Well, I, I mean, I was not in the tape trading game back then, so I didn't really... I, well, not I even that, but I'm stuff. just saying, like, the old videos that they would show. Not not like... Like, WWE used to show that that moment where he would yeah. explode and... and in FMW, like FMW was some crazy ass stuff. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, why do you have to mention the barbed wire bat if, to me, the payoff is explosions? You know, like if there's a match with explosions, I, I assume everything's legal. So that's just I don't. That's I'm, why just, I'm, to I'm just surprised they keep going down this route because I don't think they need to AEW. I think they have enough good pure wrestlers that you don't need to keep going down the hardcore route. No, but once again, you have a you do have a strong population that likes the old hardcore ECW violence stuff. So, you know, we talk about like wrestling shows have something for everyone. If you get to a pay per view and you're like, okay, we got a little bit of comedy, we got a little bit of technical skill, we got a little bit of women, we got some you know championship matches, and we have a match with explosions. You know, it, it, it kind of kind of feels like I feel like that AEW is trying to they're trying to figure out a way to get the seven million people back from you know the Attitude Era days. And if we throw it, if we throw everything into a card, we might be able to track you know a portion of all that and increase the ratings. What, what's the craziest match you've ever seen uh, on an indie show that you were working hardcore wise? Oh, oh, hardcore wise. Um, you know, I haven't. I've been to. I went to a show and I worked the show. It was actually not a deathmatch show, but it was uh, it was called softcore, and not in the sense of like skin and max in the days, but it was basically like almost like parodying death matches. So I saw a, a Taipei peanut brittle match, where if you go back to the old like uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movies, there's the one where they dipped their hands in resin and then dipped their hands in glass, uh, but instead of glass, they used peanut brittle, and guys fought with peanut brittle taped to their fist. Was that like supposed to be a joke? <laughs> uh, it was, that was their version. So they did like, uh, instead of thumbtacks, they would do Legos. Okay. You know, it's just like <laughs> different variations of other death matches. It was kind of like their kind of funny take on death match wrestling. But I was like, they, these two guys literally fought a death match style match, but instead of glass, they, and peanut brittle can be sharp. Oh yeah. So it can. Yeah. No, I listen. I think the Legos would definitely hurt. We've seen that in matches before. So uh, there you go. Maybe we'll have to do. You have to find that video if, if it exists and, and rewatch that match. And give have, us like a I breakdown. Have, I actually have the DVD because I'm on the show. So I bought the DVD because it was like my first um, 
like DVD wrestling show was on, but the announcer did not get my name in time, so I was called Snazzy Hat the entire time in my match because I had on a nice fedora. He called you Snazzy Hat the entire time. Snazzy, yes. Okay. Hey, we got to upload that to the Facebook page sometime soon. If I can track it down, I, I have the DVD somewhere in my house, and I'll track it down and see if I can cut it up. Yeah, yeah, we we got to get that up there for sure. Uh, some big news out of WWE. We've we talked about Impact Wrestling before here with Kazuchika Okada. It, it, reportedly, via Wrestling Inc. and PW Insider, former Impact Wrestling Women's Champion Taya Valkyrie is reportedly signed with WWE for the NXT brand. According to the report, she's expected to be part of the next announced class of signings. Dr. Trey, we talked about this when she was on her way out of Impact Wrestling a couple weeks ago. Seemed like it was going to be a foregone conclusion that she would go where her husband is. I think this is a massive signing for the women's division for WWE, uh, especially the NXT brand, adding potentially Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, how much depth does that women's division have now? I, the I mean, most. As much, as much as I love to see Ty in NXT, I can see Ty jumping through NXT and ending up on the main roster with Miz and Morrison. I think the three of them would be great as well. Um, not to mention, not only did they sign Ty Valkyrie, but uh, Blake Chadwick, who was actually just wrestling on Impact. Actually, I think he's on the pay-per-view uh, coming up. Uh, Blake Christian, uh, yeah. you said. You mean, right? Blake, yeah, Blake Christian. Blake Christian just signed as well. So WWE adding to their, their depth in their NXT division because that's you – know, you throw in MSK, you throw in Taya Valkyrie, you throw in uh, Blake Christian, um, Christian Casanova out of the uh, New York independent scene, um, Alex Zane out of the Southern wrestling scene there. I mean, they're loading up enough to where they can almost start another NXT uh you know, like a double A version of NXT. I mean, it's it's crazy how much people are they're snatching up. Yeah, there's actually talk right now that they're going to have a NXT for NXT. It's going to be led by um, Gabe Sapolsky and Jeremy Borash. There's some reports out there this week, and the, and it's the brand is supposed to be called NXT Evolve, uh, and they have a championship. I guess they filmed some shows, but like a minor league for NXT. I mean, you just said it. I mean, there's some incredible talent right now. That's going to be in the pro wrestling, uh, the Capital Wrestling Center for WWE. It, it, it may be the deepest it's ever been in some time. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think of like um, you know all the all the talent that doesn't get on TV that's in developmental right now. It, it's crazy how much they have, and it makes a lot of sense considering they bought out Evolve. Gabe's working for the company. It makes a ton of sense. Plus, with the move to Peacock, hey, more content, more exclusive content, more eyes on. You know, more reasons to get on the Peacock channel uh, if you're a WWE fan. Would you wear a Peacoat while watching Peacock? I don't know. If, I mean, am I allowed to say Peacoat and Peacock that much in, in one setting? I mean, I can say Peacock all day long. It's fun. Um, but, you know, hey, if the gimmick fits, I actually told my wife, I said, if, if I ever go to another show that's outside the South, I'm going to have the worst fake British accent ever uh, just to have some fun. So I can wear a Peacoat for that reason, hopefully to get on the Peacock. And what about snazzy hat? Oh, I always have a snazzy hat. That's just that's that's part of the gimmick. That's the way I've been since day one. I've always had some kind of hat when I'm at a wrestling show. Where do you get those hats? Like the big top hat? Uh, the big top hat I actually got in New Orleans at uh, when I went down there for WrestleMania. I remember that. Now that you mentioned, just yeah, as you said a, it. Yeah, there's a hat store on Bourbon Street. I got that one there. Um, most of my fedoras I either get from actually from Target or Walmart. I just find some cool ones, and I'm like, I can I can play with this. Um, I can't. I think I got uh, my Undertaker version, like the big cowboy hat, like Taker. I got that at a thrift store. Like I just see stuff. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll buy stuff without a character in mind, and then develop a character around a certain thing I buy. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that top hat is uh, is pretty great. A 
If you haven't seen the Echo out there, I mean, Dr. Trey wears it all the time over at Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, and then as we close out this week's edition of the show, Dr. Trey, it is time to uh, preview and predict WWE Elimination Chamber. Uh, ironically enough, a couple of these matches are already up in the air. Oscar versus Lacey Evans, that has been shelved because Lacey Evans legitimately pregnant, Dr. Trey. Yeah, and, and this is why I love wrestling, and especially in, in 2021, is where I see people like bashing WWE for doing a pregnancy storyline with, with Lacey and Ric Flair. And to me, I'm like, Everybody who wants the Attitude Era back. This is an Attitude Era storyline. So good luck with that. I mean, that's just, it's, it's one of the things. This is, this kind of goes back to, you know, I saw earlier with Triple H kind of, you know, letting fans know, oh, yeah, that match should have gone 20 minutes. Like, we've already made a big deal about Lacey being married and showcasing her daughter on there, but now we're going to pretend that he didn't show us that to now pretend that Ric Flair is her baby daddy. It, it's, it's just kind of weird. Yep. It's wrestling. Wrestling 101, Jerry Springer, eat your heart out. Uh, this match also is kind of up in the air right now because Keith Lee is legitimately injured. But however, let's let's preview it. You got Bobby Lashley defending the United States Championship in a triple threat match against Keith Lee and Riddle. Um, I think obviously if you you go back to last week's show, I, I would have picked Keith Lee to win this match because I feel like they may be getting Bobby Lashley ready to go to face Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, or I would be totally fine with that. But if it's going to be Lashley versus Riddle. Uh, I can't see that happening, so I, I'm going to keep the very safe pick here, Doctor Trey, and I'm going to pick Bobby Lashley retaining the United States title. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think if they make this switch, it'll happen on Raw, uh, just to get more eyes on on La- on uh, Keith Lee getting the victory. So I'm going to take Bobby Lashley as well. Uh, next match here is the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defends against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, I just can't see Drew McIntyre drop in the championship before WrestleMania, so I'm going to pick Drew, Drew Mack to retain in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and this is sometimes I hate Elimination Chamber being so close to Mania because you put the champion in there. It's like I just don't feel like they'll take the belt off somebody you know this close to WrestleMania. So I'm taking Drew to be on the safe side as well. I mean, I could see the Miz potentially cashing in maybe, but uh, I, to me, I think it's still Drew. Uh, next match here is the Elimination Chamber match for a WWE Universal Championship match later that night. I, I don't like this stipulation, but it makes sense for a heel character. Uh, you got Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens winning this match again, even though I feel like there's some momentum with Cesaro. Um, ah, man, I just feel like they're still going to go that Kevin Owens route. You know what? I'm going to go with Cesaro, Dr. Trey. I'm going to change my pick here on the air. I'm going to go with Cesaro getting the victory. See, uh, I, I, I'm with you. Like, but the only thing I can go back to is on SmackDown, you have Seth jumping Cesaro, so why would they put Cesaro into a match with Roman when you actually could get something out of that rivalry, maybe you know, post-WrestleMania? Uh, I want to pick Daniel Bryan, but I think they might be saving him for WrestleMania. Um but that's gonna be Edge. So you know, I, I, I'll I'll take I'll take Daniel Bryan just because I think the Owens choice is too obvious. So I'll take Daniel Bryan uh, just to gain more sympathy when he gets his butt kicked by Roman at the end of the show. Uh, and then we get to Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match winner. I had Cesaro, Doctor Trey, Daniel Bryan. Um, similar to the Drew McIntyre theory here, I just can't see them dropping the title. Roman Reigns dropping the title headed into WrestleMania, so I'm going to take Roman Reigns here. Although Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania would be pretty fantastic. Yeah, it would be pretty just cool. 
Um, you know, both guys with neck injuries like that. But I'm, I'm with. I, I just don't see him changing course this fast. So I'm, I'm gonna stick with Roman as well. What do you think of the booking strategy here of uh, the Elimination Chamber match setting up the person to face Roman Reigns later that night? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Like that's how you. That's if you want to get more heat on a guy is basically, especially as a, you know, a guy who's legitimately a badass playing the quote unquote you know chicken crap heel you know, and using his manager to weasel his way out. Like, to me, this storyline is, is, as a guy who's a manager, like, this is a brilliant storyline because I'm like, this is exactly how I would put it together. So I thought it was great. All right, Dr. Trey, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way before we close up shop on this week's edition of the show. We will recap and review WWE Elimination Chamber on next week's podcast to close out the month of February as we prepare for March. Uh, we'll be back here on the 25th of Feb. Uh, you can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Toast Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, so we have a big show coming this Saturday with uh, the Tate Twins, formerly known as the Boys from Ring of Honor, coming in to challenge for the Rocket City Southern Tag Team Championships. Uh, looking forward to that show. Uh, more OBW stars making their way over to Rocket City as we go forward. Uh, so be sure to check them out on Facebook. Also check out bootandheel.com, the official merchandise sponsor for Rocket City Championship Wrestling as well. Go out there, support everything that supports the Still Real Toss show, and don't forget... Come back here next week on the 25th. We'll recap, review WWE Elimination Chamber and get you ready for uh, AEW Revolution because that's that's what we're doing right now in wrestling. It's pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. So uh, until next week, for Sammy, for Dr. Troy Franklin, and myself, Jeff Pack, this is The Still Real Toast Show. Watch Marry Me, 
Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.